worship, I just want to read um, Psalms 100 from the Passion Translation. Lift up a great shout of joy to the Lord. Go ahead and do it, everyone everywhere. <laughs> as you serve him, bring your gift of laughter and be glad as you worship him. Sing your way into his presence with joy. I'm going to say that one more time. Sing your way into his presence with joy. Try to realize that this really means we have the privilege of worshiping the Lord our God. He is our creator, and now we belong to him. We are the people of his pleasure. Come right into his presence with thanksgiving. You can pass through his open gates with the password of his praise. Come bring your thank offering to him and affectionately bless his beautiful name. So Lord, we just love you. We bless you. We thank you, Lord, that we have the opportunity to just enter into your gates with praise, to go into your courts with thanksgiving, Lord. We love you and we bless your name. Amen. already come and stand with us we jump into worship you don't have to be stuck behind your chairs mr bishop come on all right jesus god we thank you lord for today we thank you lord we bless you lord we bless you lord is within us, we bless you, Lord. Rise up and bless you, God. You are worthy of it all. So deserving of it all. So bless you, God. Bless you, Lord. All you mighty ones. Bless the Bless the Lord, all you his angels, and let the earth be his dominion. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord, all you mighty ones. Bless the i 
Spirit of the living God, we want to know you more and more. We're hanging on every word. Oh, come speak to us. We want to hear your heart. We want to hear your heart, Lord.
and Lord of Lords and the Holy Spirit thank you for your sweet presence here thank you that you have a universe to run but yet you are here with each and every one of us because you care for every individual that you created your promise to us is every single one of us that you will never leave us nor forsake us so we thank you Lord that we can hold on to that Thank you that we can come together as your body today and worship and praise and love on you. Thank you that we can do this because you first loved on us. And everything that we can give to you, Lord, is because you first gave to us. So we come and we bring our time, we bring our gifts, we bring our affections, we bring our love, we bring our confidence passion, we bring our anointing, we bring every gift, every talent that we have, and we lay it before your feet, and we just worship you, and we bow down in reverence and honor, thanksgiving, because you are so amazing. You alone deserve all the glory. You alone are worthy of praise. And we love to praise you. We love to honor you. And we say, Holy Spirit, have your way today in this house. We are here for you. We open ourselves. We open the service. We are open to whatever you want to do. Thank you that you lead, you guide. And we hand this over to you and we bless you, Lord Jesus. In the precious name of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Good morning, everybody. While you're walking to your seat, look for somebody, say hello, give someone a hug and a holy kiss.
Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Harvest Renewal Church. Just a couple of announcements that we have to take care of. Most of them are in the bulletin, so we'll just run through these quickly. We can get past the chip up here. Just a few things we have to take care of first. If you are here for the very first time, could you please raise your hand? We would like to bless you with a small gift. First time. There we go. Thank you for coming. God bless you. There we go. One more here, Kelsey. Thank you so much. Thank you. Here's another one. Thank you so much for coming out. It's wonderful to have you here with us. That's it, guys. Then we have someone else who is new but not really new. Um, I'll explain this in this way. Mr. Coltrane, can you please stand up? Right. The lady next to him, could you please stand up, ma'am? Thank you. Before we used to know Mr. J. Coltrane and Ms. Kim Gray, but the Bible says he who finds a wife has found a good thing. So, Mr. and Mrs. Coltrane, thank you very much. <laughs> they got joined in union before the Lord last week, praise God. So, when you see them, hug them and bless their marriage in Jesus' name. Congratulations, guys. Okay. So, new time guests, thank you very much for standing and receiving that bag. In the bag, there's a white card. If you don't mind filling in the card, and when the offering bags go around, if you just drop your, your filled-in card in the bag, that would be great. Is the person who's responsible for the sanctuary and the way it looks here today? If you are, could you please raise your hand? Higher? 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 Look at the sanctuary. Isn't this beautiful? Right, Ms. Jill Gross, just give her a hand. Thank you so much, ma'am. Right, announcements. The first one, Joshua, could you come up front here, please? Where's Joshua? There we go. Joshua wants to make an announcement concerning our, the directory of the church and pictures that need to be taken, who's in, who wants to be in. Good morning, church. Yeah, so first I want to make a few statements that will underscore the importance of this project. And the first is that a mark of a true, uh, a closely knit organization is um, that its members have a sense of belonging and that they feel recognized and that they feel important. And the example of that is a family unit that each of us belong to. Your family can never forget your name. Your family can, will always remember your birthday. Your family will always remember your anniversary. And that way you feel important. So you don't feel lost in that situation. If our church family is going to imitate that closely knit family unit, we need to, at the very least, recognize each other by name. And once in a while, receiving a surprise, you know, phone call or email from somebody saying, happy birthday. You know, these are very simple things, but things that are very, very important. Now, this was, I, I was inspired to do this one time when I received an email about a brother who needed prayer, and I, did, I had no clue who that brother was. And it, felt, it made me feel very sad that I belong to this 
organization that I consider my church unit, my church family, and I did not have a clue who that person was. Now, this is going to be a cheat sheet for you, okay? We are going to have pictures and names of people that you can go at home, and if you feel embarrassed to ask that person, for a long time, we, you know, sometimes we, we always, you know, brother, how are you, brother? Huh? Bro- yes, brother, yes, brother. You know, I, I, and that's what we do because we don't know the person's name. That shouldn't be the case. Now, this would, you would take this home with you once it's complete, and you can, it's a cheat sheet, so you can look at it and look at people's names and surprise them next Sunday. You know, surprise, call them by their first name the following Sunday. So what we're doing is we have names of people that are members of the church. Some information is missing. Some pictures are missing. Uh, we have, did we have this, the, the sheets for people to sign in, information printed? Or maybe not. Okay. Um, somebody told me that would be done. But I'll pass this around. you see on the front is a piece of paper that shows information that should be included in the directory. And so as you are going through, you'll see certain uh, uh, entries that are complete with a picture and all the information. And you see where your name appears as well. And you see what information is missing. So if you can, um, uh, fill in this document, the missing information as it goes around. And uh, we are taking photos after the service for people that don't have them. Now, this is the last chance. This coming week is the last chance for you to either email the photos or take the photos today after church. After that, your information will be missing from the directory. Thank you very much. Thank you, brother. Brother Joshua, thank you. Youth, if there are any more of youth over here, you dismiss, guys. You can go there to the back. Ben is over there. He'll meet you. We have a youth class that will happen. So any youth, if you're still here, please go to the back. Thank you. Uh, The second thing, we have sign-up sheets as well, so please listen carefully. And all these things are in the bulletin as well. Um, The Women's Spring Event is happening on April 11th at the farmhouse. So if you're a lady and you want to go to the farmhouse, April 11th would be a wonderful time of fellowship for all the ladies. Then our church workday is April 18th. It will start at 9 o'clock in the morning and will finish 3 o'clock in the afternoon. So we're going to fix the inside of the sanctuary. We're going to work outside in the garden. So if you would like to come and help, we would really, really appreciate that. If you want to help outside, you don't want to be inside, you can specifically request that you get sent outside. If you want to be inside and not outside, vice versa, uh, just write your name down and please come and help us. That's Saturday the 18th from 9 to 3. Then we have a new connections class for people who don't know what a connections class is. If you have been coming to this church and you feel that God is maybe calling you to this house, or you want to just know more about the church or why we do what we do, this Connections class will be for you. It's in the morning from 9 to 12, and we answer all the questions that you have, and we go through the bylaws of the church, the different things that we do, who runs our finances, and all of that. So every question that you have will be answered that day, and then after that, if you want to join the church, you have all the information, and you can join. Then on Tuesday, April 7th, Tuesday night, April 7th, will be our new session of the School of Ministry that will be beginning. So $30 for a single person, $50 for a couple. So the new semester or the new session, I should say, will start on Tuesday night, April the 7th. So I'm going to hand out these sheets and you can sign up on here, the women's event, the spring cleaning, 
and then the connections class, if you'd like to come out to that as well. Thank you so much. Then while we take, it's time for the offering. I think that's everything we had to go through. Um, while we take up the offering, we're just going to have Mr. Bob and Betsy, please, Barkley, our leaders in the healing room, if they would come up and just give a brief testimony of what happened. They're going to give us just a short testimony of Friday night, what happened on Friday night. Um, next week, by the way, Sunday school class is about finances by the Riley. So they asked, if you want to join the class, bring your numbers, your income, your debt, your tax, your, bring all of that so they can work out specifically a plan for you how to flourish in kingdom finances. So bring that with to the class next Sunday. And they will help you out with that. So let's just pray over the offering. Father, we thank you for this opportunity that we have to give into your kingdom. Thank you, Lord, that your kingdom is a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And that when we give, Lord, we give into a kingdom, Lord, that yields fruit. And that can change people's lives, Lord. So we thank you for this opportunity to partner with you once again. And we give, Lord, with glad hearts, cheerful givers. We praise you for this opportunity, Lord, and we bless every seed and every tithe and every offering, every first fruit, Lord, that is put into that bag to be sown into the kingdom, to magnify and glorify your name. We praise you for this, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Ashes, can you just pass those around, please? So, Mr. Bob and Metzi. Thank you. Um, we had such an awesome Friday. It started out, like any of you all that are friends with Rifle on Facebook maybe saw his post about the contractor workman friend mm -hmm. who does a lot of work at the river on our, the house there, came to the house and had back pain. And so before he left, we prayed for him. And Rifle grew out, or Jesus grew out his foot, rather, with Rifle's help. <laughs> and he left with no back pain. And then later in the afternoon, um, a woman that we had ministered to before called and left a message on my cell phone that she was not going to be able to come to the service on Friday night because she was too sick. She was um, being weaned off of a morphine pill or injection that she had been taking for like 13 years because of pain from an injury. And um, the medicine that she was supposed to be taking while she was being weaned off had gotten lost in the mail and gone to the wrong place. So she was actually going through withdrawal. And she couldn't sleep. She was vomiting. She was sick. And so we said, if you can't come to service, then we'll go to your house. So we went and prayed for her, and Jesus healed her. By the time we left, she had no symptoms whatsoever. So... What? One interesting thing about that was that the reason she was coming off the morphine is because we had prayed for her about two months ago, and she had experienced a, uh, a workplace injury, and her shoulder had damaged her shoulder, and she couldn't raise it any higher than this. And that day that we prayed for her, she was her shoulder was completely healed, and it's still completely healed. She was just raising it up and down, and that's the reason she was coming off the morphine, because the pain was gone. So she was just still dealing with the withdrawal symptoms of the morphine. Tell us about Friday night. Okay, so Friday night, uh, as, as you may know, we, we have already held one healing service in this little United Methodist Church in the Northern Neck. 
there's a lady that, that pastors the church that actually pastors three different United Methodist churches there. And they're very, very small, you know, 10 or 15 members in each one. Uh, so this was the second event that we, we held down there. Uh, and the, actually the turnout was very, very small. The first one was about 20, 25 people. And this only six people came to this. Uh, but it was a rainy night and it was cold. And, uh, but anyway, we, uh, Debbie and David Halcombe there and did uh, praise and worship. And Rifle delivered a, a message on healing. And, and it really was an amazing message on healing. And for all of you know how Rifle uh, shares the word, it's, it's, it's just amazing. And we, we were just watching the people sitting on the front row, and they were just, just all riveted to their seats. You know, they were just, just following every single word. And the teaching, the teaching was great. And uh, so we, we, just, we thought that it would be best if Rifle prayed for everybody as opposed to breaking up in groups. And so he did. Uh, and, you know, I guess share some of the testimonies. The short of it is that everybody that came up was healed. It was, everybody received prayer. Uh, it, it really was. A, a, young, a young man was first that uh, actually was giving, uh, was being baptized on Easter Sunday. And he had, he had damaged or hurt his shoulder playing basketball. And uh, we prayed for him. And the, the cool thing was that everybody was there was praying as well. It was just not just us, but all of the participants, all the people that came were laying hands on him. And, and his shoulder, shoulder was healed. Um, a fellow with carpal uh, tunnel syndrome, uh, we prayed for him. And, and he was just doing all this stuff with his, his hands and it prayed for his knee. And we asked him, what is he feeling? He said, I just keep feeling this heat coming into my knee. And when we left, he said, I can still feel the heat coming in my knee. Um, there was uh, a lady that had, we prayed for her knee, and I think Debbie and Rifle actually had their hands on her knee, and her knee was all swollen up, and they could feel the, 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 the swelling just disappear out of her knee. It just, just went away while they were doing that. Um, so who, who am I leaving out? healed everyone who came to him. There was no one who left with the problem that they had. He healed everyone. So he didn't heal only 80% of the people that came to him. He healed 100% of them. And that because of his sacrifice that he didn't heal us individually only 80%. He healed us 100%. So by the, I mean, so we were convinced and we knew that everyone who came up in faith wanting healing was going to be 100% healed. And I think, you know, they came bringing that 100% faith, believing for that 100% healing too, not just 80% or 50% better that they believed. Yeah, one, one lady that I think Rifle had prayed for the first time had uh, severe back pain and pain down into her leg. And the, the first time that we were there and Rifle prayed for her, uh, she, the pain in her leg completely disappeared and it was still gone. But she was still having some pain in her back, so we prayed for her. And she just said, I think she said her, her back started tingling, then it got real hot, and then it's just like some, something hit her in the back and the pain just left away, left. And it was completely gone. So uh, then we had an opportunity to pray for the pastor. Uh, and uh, Rifle prayed over her and... Um, and just prophet, and right, actually, rifle prophesied over everybody, and it, it it was amazing because we we are familiar with some of their circumstances because we had prayed for them before, and 
I, I mean, I was, I was sitting there with my mouth was dropping open listening to Rifle because he just prophesied so perfectly over them. And it was just, it was awesome. He prayed over the pastor and prayed an impartation over her hands to pray for the sick. And she just couldn't even stand up anymore. She got so filled. She just had she to sit down. down. <laughs> yeah, she almost <laughs> fell down in the, in the church. So it was great. The one thing that I said to the pastor that I, I feel I need to say now as well, it's really, like Bob was saying, it's a small church. You know, they have the attendance on the wall. When you come in, it shows you how many people were there, 11. So the previous week, there were 11 people at church. So the word to her was, you know, don't think that what you're doing is just so small. Don't believe the lies of the enemy. Because you've got these churches and you've got 11 people that come, and the enemy will make you feel that, you, you, what's this, 11 people, what am, what am I doing, what difference am I making? And, and God was just, God said, you know, he said, you don't look at the 11 or you don't look at the number, that's just in the natural, but in the spirit, so much more is happening. And you can't always see that. But I preached, you know, and said that Jesus said when he stood before Pilate, he said, my kingdom is not of this world. So don't look at this world and what's happening in this world. Keep your eyes on me in the kingdom. And that's for someone here as well. You know, this morning in the Sunday school class, we were talking about your destiny. And some people think, man, I've really, I've spoken to one or two people or I'm, I'm, I'm ministering to one guy at work. What difference am I making? You're making a huge difference. Whenever you go there, you bring Jesus with. That's the difference you make. So don't believe the lie of, well, I'm not in full-time ministry. I don't preach to people every week. That doesn't matter. We all have a ministry and a calling. Whether you're a teacher, a doctor, or minister, it's the same reconciliation, Christ forgave you, join the club. That's what we do. So whether you're preaching or ministering to one person at work or 500 on a Sunday, it makes no difference. Don't look at the numbers. Jesus took 12 guys and changed the world. You can start with one that you are ministering to and being loved to, and one can become two and two can become four. That's just for someone here. Pastor Chip. Okay. Good morning, good morning. You have to bear with me for a moment while I've got a frog in my throat. Really, um, <clears throat> we'll get that thing out in a second. But um, I um, first, I want to say, uh, Pastor Doug senses love. Both Doug and Cindy. D Pastor Doug came down with some type of bug, and so in the name of Jesus, we just kept man healing into his body. We break it off of him, and we thank you for complete restoration, um, God, because it's your mercy. It's your mercy. It's your mercy. Um, the other thing, very quickly, I want to say is I want to give a, just a thank you to everyone that responded to my ask to help get to Latvia here in about two weeks. Um, I only asked Harvest. You all are sending me completely, which means you're a part of the work of what God's going to do, because Monday morning, more than enough, was in the hands of the office to send me. Amen? Um, come on. That, that, thank you, Jesus. Come on. <laughs> <clears throat> in addition to that, not only was I believing God for meeting just the expenses for me to get over there, but Pastor Victor is in dire need of a car. And um, in two days, between him reaching out to his supporters and those that support him monthly, um, and me putting it out on Facebook and asking you guys, 
in total, there were, were almost at about $5,000. And so I just want to, if, if you don't know, Pastor Victor does prophetic worship and prayer throughout all of Eastern Europe and Europe and Scandinavia, Russia. I mean, he's, he, I mean his ministry is itinerant ministry and, um, and stewarding, stewarding the presence. I mean, you, you want to think that some of the bands that we've had in here um, have brought the rarefied glory atmosphere of God into this place. Let me tell you, they have nothing on Pastor Victor and the teams that he works with. It's phenomenal, phenomenal. And, um, and so he had two cars, and he had one good car and one sort of reliable car that only goes about 200 kilometers at a time. It's a bright yellow four-door Volkswagen Golf. It is something to behold. <laughs> and his reliable car died. And so they're now operating off of this unreliable car. And so I just want to say thank you because it's a, such a blessing to him. It makes him, he know when we support him as a missionary as a church. And so he, it, it, when our heart as a body is that we have the opportunity. We want them to know, hey, we're with you and we support you. And he feels that and just has been so blown away by the generosity. And so I just want to say thank you. All right. Greg, help me, buddy. <clears throat> I need to get something in my throat. Thank you. Do you all mind bringing that picture up? Jess or Edward? Awesome. Great picture. Thank you, thank you. Um, I had had a PowerPoint presentation this morning, believe it or not. <coughs> the Lord had other plans. <coughs> And, um, and so I'm going to be preaching off of this picture going out of my notes. Typically, when I do a PowerPoint, I, I preach off of my notes on the PowerPoint. Well, I'm glad I brought my notes this morning. Amen? So um, I, wanted to, I want us to do something different. Um, we need to understand, how many of you know that it is actually physically possible to be in two places at one time? Do you all believe me? Okay. In quantum mechanics and quantum physics, it's been known that you can take a proton and put one proton in one area and another proton in another area and if you in completely different places of the earth and if you if you do something to the proton in California wh whatever you did in California is happening exactly in the same moment in Beijing China that is the mystery of our creation but what it speaks to if i may take the liberty of of using that what it speaks to is it speaks to our nature that we're not confined to this body, that we are body, we are spirit first, soul, and then body, and that our spirit abides. We're with him in, pre in his presence. We are seated with him in heavenly places right now. We are not here. I want us to get us, I want to get out of here, and I want us to get up where we are. Amen? So stand up. <coughs> I want you to open up the screen of your imagination, and I want you to go to Revelations 4, and I want you to see the throne and the crystal sea and the cherubim and the angels. I want you to see the elders bowing down, casting their crowns. I want you to see the, the Father and the Son in all of their majesty and their glory and their splendor. And I want you right now, as a step of faith, I know there are chairs in front of you, make it a little step, but as a step of faith, 
Say, Father, I choose to step in and take a step forward. All right, Father, we worship you. Just worship him. We just worship you, God. Hey, come on. Yeah, God, we love you. Worthy, worthy, worthy are you. Yay, God. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. We join in with the throngs of angels. We join in with the elders. And we worship you, King of kings, Lord of lords. Hey. Hallelujah, Lord. Yay, God. <clears throat> now, I want you, as we're standing before him, I want you to declare oneness. I am one with you. In Christ, in you, Jesus, I am one. As you are in the Father, you are in me, and I am in you. This was your prayer in the book of John, and I declare it to be so. I receive directly from you. I receive revelation. I command my mind to open and to receive by the Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, you may be seated. <clears throat> I um, Many years ago, as I've started on this journey of revival and, and what I've been declaring is the you know, like many people have been declaring, there's a third awakening, there's a reformation, that, that we're already in the ebb and the flow of what's, what God's getting ready to pour out in the nations. And, and when I started on this journey, I, I was like, something is missing from the church, and what is it? Compared to how Jesus modeled his ministry and how the New Testament church act, I was like, there's something missing from the culture of the church today that is not present, that was present in in, in what is recorded in history, in the scripture, and in church history. And there have been moments in church history where those things have appeared again, and we've known them as the different great awakenings, or the first great awakening, the second great awakening, Azusa Street, you know, the healing revival in the 40s and 50s, and a number of other things, even going back beyond that, and some of the Christian mystics that, that, that heralded well before modern-day revivals that have occurred. And I did a sermon series called Jesus Culture. I plagiarized the name from Bethel. I told them that. I said, this is, I, I give them credit. But it was so apropos in the sense that there is a culture about the kingdom that needs to be predominant in the culture of his people. And, and what were the, some of those things that were missing? And I had a whole sermon series on it. And one of the things that I taught on was the culture of mercy. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Um, <clears throat> you see, um, whenever Jesus, is, and, and the Barclays just actually talked about this, whenever Jesus was recorded in Scripture, it says that he was moved to compassion, which if you look at that word in the Greek, the wor that word also is synonymous with mercy. 
and to be moved, which is interesting, in that day and age, the culture was different. The worldview was different. And so the seat of love was not the heart. The seat of love was your bowels. It was your belly. And to be moved by compassion literally referenced back to the seat of love, that out of love he was moved to mercy, and he healed them all. He delivered them all. There was not, over and over and over again, there was this place where it says that Jesus was moved out of love into a place of mercy, and the kingdom showed up. And it was demonstrated in great power. And today of all days, which being today being Palm Sunday, the day of triumphal entry, the people thought it was the day that the king was going to come and rule and and depose Rome. But really what Jesus knew coming in on that donkey as as the palm fronds were being laid before him and they were crying, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. It was the greatest victory because it was the victory that was going to come because of the act of mercy that he was going to give on our behalf. It was the greatest act of mercy ever recorded in history. Taking our place on what would be our cross and taking our place so that we wouldn't have to. But I want to talk about, because Jesus said of himself, he said it to his disciple, if you have seen me, you have, there is no incongruency between the two images. Now, I've talked about this before, that so many times as Christians we have a duality in how we look at the Father and how we look at the Son. We look at the Father through the lens of the Old Testament, we think a mean tyrant who's going to bop everybody on the head. But we forget that there's a story that he's weaving. There's something that he's doing in the story of redemption that was foreshadowing something that was going to come, that was manifested and revealed, that the truth could be fully revealed, the mystery of the gospel, that which is Jesus Christ, made known and revealed so that all could see and hear and know, if you've seen me, you have seen the Father. Change your mind. Repent, which Bill Johnson says means go up to a penthouse and get a better view and change your outlook. I like that. Repent. Change your mind. The kingdom of God is at hand. So we're going to talk about the Father. Hey, I love the Father. (laughs) He is so good. How many of you know in Psalms 89 or Psalm 89:14 in the New King James Version it says righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. Mercy and truth go before your face. I dare you to open up that scripture and go into the spirit and encounter that yourself. To take that scripture, meditate on it and go up into heaven where you are seated with him right now, and encounter that yourself. Turn in your Bibles to Exodus 25. <clears throat> How many of you know everything that was in the, in the Old Testament was a foreshadow of that which was in heaven and that which was to come? Amen? We have to remember that. It's, it's a picture. It was a shadow of, of, of what God was going to do and what was in heaven and what he was going to bring in, in through Jesus. Amen? And so <clears throat> I have this picture of the Ark of the Covenant because we're going to talk about it because we're going we're gonna to see some amazing things here today. <clears throat> yeah. 
the ark of the testimony, and starting in verse 10. And they shall make an ark of acacia wood. Two and a half cubits shall be its length, and a cubit and a half its width, and a cubit and a half its height. And you shall overlay it with pure gold inside and out. You shall overlay it, and you shall make on it a molding of gold all around. You shall, you shall cast four rings of gold for it and put them in its four corners. To the rings shall be on the, on the side and two rings on the other side. And you shall make poles of acacia wood and overlay them with gold. And you shall put the poles into the rings on the sides of the ark, and the ark may be carried by them. The poles shall be in the rings of the ark. They shall not be taken from it. And you shall put into the ark the testimony which I will give you, which was the, the law. It was the Ten Commandments. It was the tablets. Okay? You shall make a mercy seat of pure gold. Now listen to this, verse 17. You shall make a mercy seat of pure gold. Two and a half cubits shall be its length and a cubit and a half its width. And you shall make two cherubim of gold, of hammered work. You shall make them at the two ends of the mercy seat. Make one cherub at one end and the other cherub at the other end. You shall make the cherubim at the two ends of this one piece, <clears throat> at the two ends of it, of one piece with the mercy seat. And the cherubim shall stretch out their wings above, covering the mercy seat with their wings, and they shall face one another. And the faces of the cherubim shall be towards the mercy seat. You shall put the mercy seat on top of the ark. And in the ark you shall put the testimony, that which I will give you. And there I will meet with you, and I will speak intimately with you. That is out of the Amplified version. I'm putting in intimately, but it's in the Amplified. <clears throat> I will speak intimately with you from above the mercy seat and from between the two cherubim which are on the ark of the testimony about everything which I will give you in commandment to the children of Israel. And that when, I, when I received this revelation, I was, I mean, I was undone. I mean, I was laughing and crying in, my, in what was my office at, over across the street. And I did not... I had never seen this before, and it just floored me, because what I began to see, I'm going to get up here and see if I can point a little bit. What I began to see is that, how many of you know the scripture that mercy triumphs over judgment? Come on, mercy triumphs over judgment. Let me, let me be very precise, because I know that there's a lot of talk about hyper grace. I am not speaking hyper grace. I believe in grace. I believe in, in what grace does for us. It's the power to do what we can't do, and it empowers us to live a righteous and godly life, not in our own work, but in his transformative work in us. Amen? Look, Jesus came to fulfill the law. God is serious about righteousness and justice because it's the foundation of his throne, right? So you have the ark and the box that was made. It's interesting. It's made of acacia wood, and it was outlined with gold. Let me, let me say this to you. It was a sign of an old covenant. It was, it was a good thing. It was made with, with wood, but it was overlaid in gold, right? <clears throat> Inside the Ark of the Covenant was what? <clears throat> the Ten Commandments, the law, righteousness and, and justice. That's later. Righteousness and justice, okay? Then you had the mercy seat that was made on top of it. What was it made out of? Pure gold. No acacia wood. Pure gold. It was a reflection of a better covenant. 
on top of this, this mercy seat, which all, was all one piece of gold. One piece of gold. God said to Moses, from that place there, just below the wings, just above the center of the mercy seat, the place of mercy there, I will speak intimately to you. He never said I would speak to you from the law. He never said that I would speak to you from the rings and the, and the rods. He never said that I would speak to you from the feet of the, of the Ark of the Covenant. He said, from there, the mercy seat, I will speak intimately to you. The picture that I'm wanting you to see is that, number one, this was a prophetic declaration a foreshadowing of what was to come and what always was, is, and forever will be. That God's position, the place of his presence, is the place of mercy. It's interesting, and I've said this before, the only time that I have found recorded in the Old Testament where the glory of God, the dark cloud of his presence came, and the ministers couldn't even minister because of the thickness of his presence, was when the ministers at the dedication of the temple started declaring the truth of his character. The Lord is good, and his, his mercy endures forever. <clears throat> okay. Let's remember this is a foreshadow of what's in heaven. The ark, the temple, the holy of holies, it's all a picture of what's in heaven, right? <clears throat> so let's play this out. Jesus comes in in the triumphal entry. He has the last supper. He declares the, the new covenant at the last supper, right? He's betrayed by Judas. This is what we're celebrating this week, guys, right? <clears throat> he goes to, he gets arrested. He gets tried. He's innocent. Even Pilate says, there's nothing I can find against this man, but he gives him over to the people to be crucified. He is crucified, dead, buried, comes back, arises on the third day, ascends to the right hand of God the Father. It says in Hebrews, what did Jesus do? What did Jesus do in the heavenly realm when he ascended? Say it. Who's heard? I heard it. Say it. He went into the Holy of Holies and he sprinkled the blood on the mercy seat. He sprinkled his blood upon the mercy seat, that which is in heaven. He took his blood before the very presence of his own father and he gave it over. So that righteousness and justice would be satisfied once and for all. Come on. Is that enough? I mean, we could go home on that today. But I got more. <laughs> Come on, there's more. There's more. Part of what I believe is going to be the hallmark of what God is going to be pouring out, what he's in the process of revealing in our generation. <clears throat> is it's the revelation of the sons of God. It's our sonship. 
And in addition to that, it is going to be the true authority, the fullness of the authority that we carry because of our position in him as sons and daughters. Do you understand? So I want you to understand this whole picture and what God instructed to be built under the old covenant was a declaration of not only who he was, who he is, but who he will always be. You see that the scripture says is that his throne, make sure I've got it right, righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. Mercy and truth go before your face. Then Psalm 45, 6 says this, Your throne is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is the scepter of your kingdom. Who are we? Say it. Thank you very much, Miss Kathleen. We are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Have we been justified? You've been justified. By Jesus Christ, you have been justified to the law. Which, by the way, according to Deuteronomy, because now that you're in the obedience of Christ and not in your own obedience, you inherit all the blessings that come from obedience to the law. Man, his grace just keeps abounding, doesn't it? So this is what I want to say to you. Are you not seated with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus? Are you not enthroned because he sits on his throne? Are you not, according to Romans, called to rule and reign in this life? Hello. This is what I want to show you, is that literally this is a picture of the throne of God. This is a picture of the throne of God in heaven. His throne is established on righteousness and justice. He is still seated upon the mercy seat. His throne has been forever, ever, forever. Before there was a was. Anybody ever heard that before? It's from Justin Abraham. But before there was a was, he he was seated upon the seat of mercy. His position towards us has always been the position of mercy. His position has always, his, the place of intimacy, the place of him wanting to be with us and talk to us and, and, and commune with us and have oneness with us has always been out of the place of mercy. He never abdicated the requirement of the law and justice, but he provided for it so that we could join him in the place of mercy. His position has been, always will be, and forevermore will be the place of mercy. And my premise to you today is part of the revelation of what he wants us to understand is that we're seated with him in mercy. We have been seated with him in the place of mercy. Now, what's interesting is last week when um, Stefan and Lisa were here, I, I was there. Y'all might remember that. I was there. My body was there, but I was not there, okay? And I had, the Lord took me back into this, um, and I encountered it. And I was sitting with the Father on the throne, and he goes, I'm going to show you the foundation of my throne. And so, um, 
I, um, he took me by the hand, and he took me down underneath of his throne, and we walked into righteousness and justice. And we walked around, and he showed me. I, don't, I can't describe it. I don't have words. I just know that I did. And then he, and after, after encountering righteousness and justice, the foundation of his throne, he took me back up upon his seat. And he said, I have seated you with me, and I have established you on righteousness and on just injustice. And the very things I've just told you, he spoke to me, he said, you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, and you've been justified to the law. And I have seated you with me, and now your foundation is righteousness and justice. He has, he has made our foundation his foundation. And then he said to me this, and you know how God does things. It also all comes in, he says words, but it's like an encyclopedia of stuff happens, right? I don't know if you all, I, that's how it happens for me. So I'm seated there with him, like a little, like, you know, a, ch a small, a, a young child. And he's saying this to me, and then he says to me, he goes, I have seated you in my mercy. He goes, now I want you as my son to execute mercy and bring righteousness and justice. Out of mercy, bring righteousness and justice. And this is what happened. As he said it, there was a veil, like something opened up before me in heaven, and there was, it was blackness. It wasn't bad or evil. It just was blackness. And out of it started coming people in wheelchairs, people without limbs, people with AIDS, people with all manners of sickness disease, and disease. And I understood that because of what he has done for us and the model that Jesus gave us, that we now have access to mercy. And in mercy, what Jesus did was he removed us as the objects of wrath so that his judgment and justice could come against the thing, the, the things that had come against us and against those that he loves. That's why Jesus was able to heal and deliver and, and heal the blind and the deaf and the dumb, that he was able to then, out of mercy, show mercy, executing justice and righteousness against the enemy and what he has brought against the lives of people so that in mercy, people could then hear the good news and receive sonship, receive transformation, be transformed by the, by the preaching of the good news of that which is the gospel of the kingdom. What I'm here to tell you today is it's time for us to come up into the mountain of the Lord. It's time for us to come up and take our seat. You see, God's position to you is mercy. The enemy's position is to try to get you at the bottom part of the ark and measure you about your failures. God doesn't measure, he doesn't relate to you out of that place. He didn't deny it, but he chose from the foundation of the world. How many of you know, what does it say in Revelation about Jesus? That he was slain before the foundation of the world. His throne is forever. Do you, you can you draw the connecting dots on that? Literally, what, I'm, what, I'm, what I was seeing in the spirit realm is that before there was a was, God had already chosen mercy. You see, he was just, 
And he was, he's righteous and he's just. Always has been, always will be, never, never will deviate. But in that rightness, in that justice, which is the very foundation of his throne, it's the very re reason why God is God and he has the ability to make any judgment, any decision, any, to voice anything that he chooses to voice, and it's right and just. It, out of that rightness and justice, he chose mercy. Do you see that? He could have chosen anything he wanted to, but he chose mercy. And he made it the place of his presence and the place of the seat of his presence. And he has invited us and joined us to him in that place. You see, Jesus is, what, one of the hallmarks of Jesus' ministry, is, as I already said, was mercy. He, out of love, because God is love, he was moved to mercy. And then in mercy, he executed righteousness and justice against the enemy. And you know what? He's called us to the same game. He's called you and I, because we're seated with him from the place of mercy, to partner with him in mercy and execute righteousness and justice against the enemy on the earth so that that which is in heaven would be on earth, on earth as it is in heaven. Amen? All right. So... This is what we're going to do. I thought we were going to have worship and stuff like that. We're not going to do that this morning. Um, we're going to we're going to step out and we're going to demonstrate this as a body. Okay. So it means you need to be stretched, be prepared. I'm going to ask you to do things that are going to take you out of your comfort zone, and just know that this is a safe place. It's a training ground. Nobody's going to, you're, you're free to make a mistake, and we're not going to be offended with each other if we make mistakes, if we don't get it right. But we're going to learn, we're going to step in faith and trust that God wants to demonstrate his mercy because that's just who he is. Amen? All right? So I would like anybody that has, that needs healing in their body, I don't care what it is. I don't care if it's the diabetes. I don't care if, I know, Maddie, you've got your knee. This is another good time for you to stand up. Um, Kate, it would be a good time for you to stand up. Um, anybody that has, I'm not trying to point people out to embarrass them. I just know that they have specific needs. Um, and what I want you to do is I want you, to, those that need healing, make yourself known. Yeah, good. Don't be ashamed. Hey, Father, we just thank you. Lord, we bless you this morning. All right. Now, for the rest of you, I want you to see yourself seated with the Father. <laughs> Go back into that place. And I want you to see that he has established you upon righteousness and justice because of Jesus. And he seated you in, in, with him in his seat, the mercy seat. And he's speaking to you, and he says, I want you, my beloved, to partner with me in executing mercy and through mercy bring righteousness and justice that the kingdom of heaven would be revealed. So I want you to see that, and I want you to receive it, and I want you to say, I receive. I say, yes, Father. I will partner with you. 
now I want you to go to someone that the Lord shows you that's standing, and I want you, I don't want you to pray for them to be healed. I want you to do it as Jesus did. I want you to say, be healed. Come out. Pain, go. I want you to take authority, and I want you to command it, and I want you to pray for these. So get up out of your seats. Don't worry about making noise. We're going to pray for people. Father, right now we join with mercy. And out of mercy, out of love, God, we release righteousness and justice against every sickness, infirmity, and disease. Against every oppressive spirit. Thank you, Lord. For those that are being prayed for, if there's something that you can do that you haven't been able to do, you need to step out in faith and begin to try to move whatever part of your body that needs healing to see, as an act of faith, step out and see if the Lord is touching you. And by the way, because of, the, because of mercy... We're not, like, like Betsy said, we're not believing for 50%. We're not believing for 80%. I declare 100%. Healed. Oh, God. Yeah, more God. Yeah. Angels, I release you. Ah, go. Yes, Father. Yeah, God. Yeah, Father. In the name of Jesus.
I want anybody who's got testimony to come up front. Anybody else that has a testimony, come see me right away. Just stay right up here, Bill. Just stay right up here. Thank you, Father. In the name of Jesus, I take authority over every tormenting, demonic spirit, oppressive spirit that has tried to bring infirmity and pain against the body of Jesus. And I take authority over it now. In the name of Jesus, I break your power. And I say you must leave and go to the dry places meant for you and never to return. In Jesus' mighty name. Yeah, God. All right. Well, while we're still finishing praying for some people, I've got two testimonies so far. Kelsey, tell us what happened. Well, I've had chronic back issues since I was like four years old because I fell off a horse. And... The Lord has healed my back many, many times, but it's like something else would come up and it would still hurt. And so I've just kind of come to terms with my back hurts, so I live with it. And it started to make me not be able to sleep, along with hot flashes. Got prayer for that, too. So <laughs> anyway, um, while Rob and, and a couple of the girls were praying for me, I felt my back cracking but also it was like I felt heat in the front, I felt heat in the back, and I wanted to make sure that all of it was corrected. So I just kept moving and things were cracking and I told Rob, move your hand here, pray here. And so as he was doing that, I felt things loosening up and I wanted to touch my toes just to make sure that there was nothing pinching and I'm able to do it now, no pain, freedom of movement. Thank you. Lord. Thank you. Sorry about that. Thank you, Jesus. I was right behind the speaker. That's not a good place to be with a microphone. Uh, this is Bill. Bill, tell us what was wrong with you. Yes, I just had uh, my body was uh, sore 
it's I was benching like 700 pounds and I haven't been able to do that lately and my I had pain in my side and what happened sorry and what happened and they just prayed over me and my pain just left amen praise God praise God do we have any more breakthroughs we have any more breakthroughs okay actually did Danielle go downstairs Jason all right um Oh, she walked out. Okay, don't worry about it. We're fine. We're flexible. Um, the reason that I wanted to do this today and, and to bring a demonstration is that we need to, un we need to shift our thinking. And I, we as a body, as, a representative, as representatives of ambassadors of the kingdom of God, we need to understand that this is just not for inside this building. What you carry in mercy, when we were yet still sinners, Christ died for us. His mercy preceded our response. I'm going to say that again. His mercy preceded our response. And you are now seated with him on the mercy seat in Christ Jesus in the heavenly realms and you are the gate of mercy to a dying, helpless, and harassed world. It doesn't matter of whether or not they know Jesus. The mercy of God preceded their response. But it was the mercy of God towards us that moved us and changed us and transformed us to come into understanding of Him. Amen? And through the demonstration of mercy, bringing righteousness and justice against the things that oppress the people that he loves, but do not yet know him, you can use mercy and partner with the Father in mercy out there in order to be able to bring the message and the good news. This, you, you, you don't, remember a while back when I used to say you're bigger, you're bigger than you think you are? Does anybody remember that? I'm going to say it again. You're bigger than you think you are. The enemy wants you to respond to rejection. He wants you to respond to people being cold and, and pushing you away. He wants you to, to think that you, are, that you are less than you are. But you have to understand that but you are seated with God himself in Christ Jesus in the heavenly realms. That reality needs to supersede every other reality. And you step into that reality and partner with him in mercy and demonstrate the kingdom as you go, wherever you go. Everybody I've ever prayed for, because it was motivated, like Jesus, this is what he taught, it was motivated out of love. People see disingenuousness a mile away. They see agenda a mile away. If your agenda is love and mercy, they will see it a mile away. Amen? And so I just want to encourage you that as we are celebrating this Easter season, as we're celebrating what Jesus did for us, as we're celebrating and remembering, right? we're not celebrating yet, we, we're remembering his death, burial, res, but we're celebrating his resurrection, right? That we recognize what he's done 
and we, see, we have to see ourselves for who we truly are. We are empowered. We are, we are not powerless. We are powerful. Not because of who we are in and of ourselves, but by grace, who he has made us to be in him. Amen? Amen. Yes, another testimony. Come on. About a year ago, I got to a place in my left foot that I, I, could, I could hardly walk. And finally, after a few months, went to the podiatrist and was diagnosed with plantar fasciitis and um, had to wear insteps for my shoes. And if any of you see me, like throughout winter, I pretty much wear either these boots or my tennis shoes because they're fitted with, you know, orthopedic insteps. And there's no more, there's no pain. There, there, it's, I, I, I can't even, I, can't, you don't understand. I could, I could not walk. I mean, I can't, even when I press into the foot, there's no pain. And that, that, I have not had no pain in this foot for over a year. It, it is gone. It is gone. You know, Sugar started praying for me. Tiffany started praying for me. And I could feel, I could just feel this. Kim, then she, then I, I felt more. Then Debbie came up. And it was like when all of them, it was like, it, was, it just, it left. Amen. Amen. I pray that, that you guys had a shift in your thinking today, that your perception, you went up into a penthouse and you saw more clearly. And that you begin to look at yourself from a gr the greater reality of who you truly are in him. And that he has called you into partnership, divine partnership. He's a good father and he's he has called you to partner with him to bring out of mercy righteousness and justice and execute it to manifest that which is in heaven upon the earth. It does not stay in here. It must go out there. It's what's going to transform. Yes, liberty. Come up here, sweetie. Come on. Liberty was born within about 24 hours of our daughter Maggie at the same hospital. Isn't that right, Cheryl? Yes. Come here, sweetie. What you got? Uh, a few minutes ago, um, I was prayed for. I Welcome to my talk for... <laughs> It sounds really weird. You're doing a great job. Um, I was prayed for. I felt kind of shaky at first. Um, I have, I had allergies. Um, and I felt, sh I felt shaky when I was prayed for. And I said. <laughs> so what happened? I, what happened? Well, I, well, I wanted to lay down, so I lied down, and I started crying, and I was happy, and when I got back up, I, f I felt a lot better. Praise God. <laughs> Amen. Awesome. Awesome, awesome. I'm going to leave you with this benediction. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. 
His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning, new every morning. Great is his faithfulness, O Lord. Great is your faithfulness. Every morning you wake up and you think it's a bad day, you remember you're seated in the seat of mercy. And then take justice and righteousness and trounce all over your bad day. Amen? I bless you in the name of Jesus. Go in peace.